Hiya folks, this month um, Alexa and I have actually interviewed each other post-production, which is to say um, after completion of the episode itself. We also have sections from Maud's very own Sophie Roberts, um, Fiona Thrill, and of course Alexa and I thought it might be fun as well to get one of our guest voice actors also to add a little section in there. And so we have this episode's Queen of the Dryads, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Wow! What an episode this one was! I mean, it's an absolute corker! Um, this one literally has it all and was an absolute joy to put together. Um, half the cast is singing, um, we've got talking trees, uh, we even managed to turn Mac into a tree as well! <laughs> And then there's even some romance and the phenomenal guest musician Ted Nasmith. I mean, his music has added so much to this episode in terms of creating the vibe. In fact, the most beautiful moment we've ever had on Maud, in my opinion, is that little gentle scene between Brina and Worsley. And Ted's music really has given that scene a sensitivity that I really don't think would have worked quite so brilliantly without that song um, playing in the background. Of course, on the flip side of the coin... <laughs> now, bear in mind here, you folks, there are specialising custom creating sound effects. Um, and with the aid of our sporting cast... Um, I think I've successfully created the most horrible sound ever. <laughs> and yes, you can hear me in there um, singing away as well as the gardener. I mean, is that the most terrible rendition of God Save the Queen you have ever heard in your life? It was just... <laughs> In fact, um, Alexa and I have exchanged the odd emails, um, obviously since this episode's been completed, and both of us, every time we hear that back, we're just absolutely creased up, falling about with laughter. Um, thanks to everybody who sang along on that bit. Absolutely superb. Indeed, that particular song did come out rather badly. Although the earlier singing, at the beginning of the episode, was better than I had imagined at first. Not sure what came over me to write it in. Now, this episode has to do with dryads. The three dryads are one of the fae or fairy triads. So, you have the elder, the birch, and the rowan, which is rather important. You will also notice that Atherton was turned into an ash tree, which is part of the oak, ash and thorn. Oaks are very common around the area, and thorns are in the garden, so he completes that triad, other than the obvious Atherton and ash, which is somewhat similar. <laughs> um, God Save the Queen has got to be one of the most fun pieces of production I've ever been involved with. Really, really, really was, you know, massively entertaining to do. That's some uh, fascinating notes there on the triad of characters, Alexa. Um, what's always amazed me is the amount of time and effort you put into the research for all the mythical characters um, on Maud. Maybe perhaps you could explain a little of uh, what the dryads actually are. 
Um, what's their particular mythology? I mean, I read um, on, on, on the internet, <laughs> which I'm sure is perhaps <laughs> grossly inaccurate, <laughs> that the originating Greek mythology... Actually, that um, reminds me, um, on the subject of Mac as a tree... Um, I think it's kind of important, actually, to sort of stress how much fun people are actually having um, on putting modelling together. Recently, I actually sent um, our Atherton an email uh, <laughs> from the gardener. <laughs> and um, I actually started the email off by actually calling him Atherton. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> at which point I said that if I kind of ever seem to be getting a little miffed at any point, um, that he should basically feel free to take me down the local boozer <laughs> for a triple scotch. <laughs> um, at which point I got a reply back stating, um, or at least threatening anyway, to put the uh, environmentalists on me. <laughs> So, <laughs> so basically, I, I replied back stating that like a million sort of verses of Kumbaya, my lord, are not really much of a match for a, for the gardener's axe. <laughs> so you can see, um, just for everybody out there, our listeners in particular, um, the cast of Maudlin, um, we all really do talk to each other and we're having a total blast putting each and every episode together. Well, to be honest, I was rather amiss with this episode, or rather most of the early episodes. I did not keep my research. I have notes here, then, everywhere and I didn't particularly catalogue them very well, which is something that I was careful to do with the later episodes for this series and as well as series two so i can't answer the question exactly i will say that these dryads are not based upon grecian mythology they are based upon irish mythology and whether which one came first that's anyone's guess really it's difficult to date a lot of early chronicles because most of them were written or rather the dates were written in them much later. So you can't really quite depend upon the dates, I guess one could say. If you read some of the ancient chronicles, yeah, they, you can't really tell exactly when these sorts of things happen. So, especially with mythology, which wasn't a history. So, which came first? I'm not sure. In fact, the idea of a spirit within a tree, particularly a feminine spirit within trees, is so ancient an idea that it clearly predates, I believe, the Greeks. I'm sure as long as people saw trees, that they saw something alive in them. I know when I walk through the forest, I see that myself. I think it's a rather natural human idea to impart some sort of sentience to trees. Actually, there's some uh, interesting notes there, uh, especially on the Irish dryads, possibly predating the uh, Grecian ones. Fascinating stuff. Um, I think it's kind of natural too, 
on associating some form of sentience to trees as well. Um, some of the older, larger trees, for example, seem to have almost a character of their very own. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at the, the way, you know, the knots appear in the bark and, and such like, you can almost see faces there. Which reminds me, um, and spot the tenuous link here, by the way, folks. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, um, I play Maud's Gardener. And um, I don't think I ever told you, Alexa, where I got the voice, or at least the inspiration for the voice of Maud's Gardener. And <laughs> I have to say, it's uh, Parker from Thunderbirds. <laughs> And all the while I was voicing this character, I just had this vision in my mind's eye of you, Alexa, as Lady Penelope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it sort of really helped me to sort of get into character, you know, sort of, um, yes, my lady. <laughs> Which, of course, is uh, completely bizarre. Um, <laughs> um, but but I do find that um, when you do work on anything that's creative, it's kind of quite astonishing and very often quite surprising as well um, in terms of where you actually do draw inspiration from. Um, I'm sure you must have had uh, some quite peculiar moments yourself there, Alexa, um, you know, in terms of where you drew inspiration from. Um, in terms of writing mod. Oh dear, Lady Penelope. <laughs> I suppose I shall have to send you messages with a teapot now. I must say I'm not partial to pink, though I am quite flattered by the comparison. Tiresome, though, quite tiresome. As for odd errors of inspiration, none come to mind straight away. I tend to be very dull and poring over original manuscripts. I will say that a future character... Colchester is a combination of Steerforth from Great Expectations and Tom Riddle. A lot of little moments are results of actual conversations or incidents I've had, such as in Series 2, there is a back and forth about why they call the new building at Maudlin the new building, when it's over 200 years old and entire complexes have been built since it. I will tell you one odd moment, however, for episode 5, which is when Worsley has his head in Brina's lap, that for some reason came out of a sequence in the new film of Importance of Being Earnest with Colin Firth between Cecily and Algernon. So later we will be hearing from Fiona Thrall, who voices Sophie Roberts, so... Stevie, do you have any sorts of opinions on the character of Sophie? <laughs> Looking forward to my next teapot there, um, Alexa. <laughs> Wasn't a bad impression either, by the way. <laughs> um, that's a terrific combination for Colchester. Um, looking forward to uh, this character making his debut, as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> that's quite bizarre, isn't it, on the new building? Um, don't you just love the English language and the way people are sort of stuck in the ways in England sometimes? Um, well, you know me, never short of an opinion or two. 
Sophie, for me, um, basically represents the common sense in Maud. Uh, whilst the other characters are sort of mucking about trying to find a solution to a problem, um, she'll come right out <laughs> and just say the obvious um, that we're all really thinking anyways. In fact, one of my favourite moments on Maud uh, was in the last episode uh, when the djinn is commanded um, to get rid of the magician. And Sophie says, why didn't we just do that earlier? <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> Instead of being chased halfway around <laughs> Oxford in, into caverns and all sorts, you know. I must say, I, uh, I, I love uh, Sophie's independence as well and her upfront approach. Um, she can more than hold her own with the lads. Uh, Fiona's uh, brilliantly voiced her. Um, in fact, I think she's added a sort of real sense of playfulness to Sophie. Um, the, in all honesty, I think only Fiona could have brought out this well. Sophie's interesting because I've had a lot of different reactions to her. I believe she is the only character in mods that is disliked <laughs> that I've heard of, which is rather surprising. She has usually been accused of being too feminine. <laughs> now, first off, I find that an odd statement, because that isn't what first comes to my mind when thinking of her. She's a very strong character, not all about ruffles and flowers and all that. But then I thought about it, and she also isn't what we're used to in modern works as the female character, either. A lot of women in telly and movies today seem to be women running about trying to be male characters, which is ironic seeing as they also seem to go about insulting men all the time. Personally, I rather like blokes, I think they're quite intelligent. So that's part of Sophie as well, I suppose. She's also in the 1930s, which people need to remember, so there is a different sort of feel about her than if it were modern. As Stevie pointed out, Fiona brought a definite playfulness, and when choosing which lines to use after the one sent, we both do tend to go with the more playful version. On the flip side, I have also had women commenting to me that they liked Sophie, because she doesn't scream. I made that decision very early on. Sophie will give a yelp if someone throws ice water over her, but she'll never scream. That's Wisely's job. Uh, I must admit, I'm uh, rather surprised to learn that uh, Sophie's not liked by some. Um, well, you know the old adage, Alexa, um, you can't please all the people all the time. Um, personally, I absolutely love Sophie, uh, and I think she's one of the most well-rounded, best-developed and most fun characters on the show. In fact, I think I'd be very disappointed if she was changed in any way, um, as I think she's absolutely perfect. And on that note, um, I'm going to hand over to Maud's very own Sophie Roberts, a Fiona Thrill. Hello, my name's Fiona Thrill, and I play the part of Sophie Roberts in Maudlin. I first discovered internet audio drama about a year and a half ago. I've always loved old-time radio, and I was listening to War of the Worlds, and I just wondered whether... There were any independent audio companies still out there, still producing radio drama. So I had a look, and it turns out there are quite a few. 
since then, it's just been fantastic. Um, I'd only done theatre stuff before, but now that's been the opportunity to work with people from all over the world um, in a range of different groups. Mainly, I've been working with Kung Fu Action Theatre and also Pendant Audio. Um, with them, I also direct Wonder Woman Champion of Themyscira. And now, of course, working with Broken Sea. Wonderful. When I got the part of Sophie Roberts, I was absolutely over the moon. Of the parts I've played, I think definitely she is the one that I've identified with most. First of all, she works in the Eagle and Child pub in Oxford. In fact, at the moment, I do work in Oxford, uh, just a stone's throw away from the Eagle and Child. I have frequented it on the odd occasion, so I know it well. So that's really nice. Like Sophie, I've pulled the odd pint in my time, but the biggest coincidence is that, like Sophie, I am a huge fan of pulp fiction and film noir. In fact, I co-wrote a study guide on modern noir. Um, and so just like her, if some sort of Humphrey Bogart figure suddenly appeared, I would probably react in exactly the same way um, as she does, which is with pure delight. Sophie as a character is a bit of a dreamer, um, always craving excitement, um, which is understandable working behind a bar all day. And she's a foil for the boys in that she's very much grounded in reality. And so she's the one saying, you, you saw a what? Where? I love the fact that Alexis put a lot of humour into the scripts from that sense of reality you know she has greek gods walking into her pub and she's focusing on whether they're causing any breakages and whether they're going to pay for them which is great obviously she's a different class and gender from the boys but i like the fact that she's not the screamer in the group and she's a lot of fun to play i do feel very lucky to be involved with maudlin and with such a great bunch of really talented people so um yeah, long may it continue. Cheers for listening. Hi, this is Gwendolyn for Behind the Scenes of Episode 5, The Leaf in the Bow. I found it a very fun experience, actually, being able to play uh, an Irish queen of the Dryads. She is fun. She's not really mean, but she's got to take care of her own, her own people, obviously. But, you know, in the end, throw a rock across across this uh, canal wasn't that difficult to get the guy out of the tree. But it was funny. Um, I really enjoy parts of the series because of the fantasy aspect to it. There's not a lot of fantasy out there. We have uh, parts of Reina Zalvesia, but, you know, that and maybe a couple newer things, and uh, Maudlin are all the same, you know, are the only fantasy ones I've found. And I really like fantasy. It was a fun experience. I'm glad I got to do it. I'm glad I... Um, that was uh, working with Alexa before we had Imag Imagination Lane, so that was pretty cool. And I guess that's all I can think of for the behind the scenes. That happens sometimes. Hopefully I'll do better the next time I'm asked for one. Thanks everyone for listening. And, you know, listen to Mod to Maudlin, it's worth it. Bye now. And as an added bonus, 
Here is one of Alexa's very own bloopers. Maudlin. Episode 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, it's the wrong number here. Even I can mess that up. 